Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. feels perfect other days it just ain't working the good the bad the right the wrong and everything in between so it's crazy amazing we can turn our heart through the words we say mountains crumble with every syllable hope can live or die so speak life hello 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 and welcome to the butterfly evolution show i'm your host tammy i want to thank you Thank you, thank you for tuning in to tonight's show. I have, I just have come to like that song, and I hope that you guys find yourself walking around singing "Speak Life" because that's what the song says. To the to the darkest days, the darkest night, dark, darkest hour, speak life. There's so much power in the tongue and in our thoughts. So that has become one of my favorite songs here lately. Um, we have a very excited. I'm very excited about tonight's show. I have an exciting, uh, very informative show for us tonight. This is the second time around with Rodney Jordan, the, the first time for those of you who tuned in. We kind of got off topic and got got to talking about the school system and things like that, which is, which is very important. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. But I really want to put some focus on a few other things, and we're going to get into the gist of those things here in just a minute. As always, I want to remind you, that you guys, the chat line is open. Feel free to chat with me there with your questions or comments. You do have to be a registered follower in order to uh, comment or send your questions by way of, of chat, but you can do that very quickly now. You can also call in 818-691-7406. For those of you who called in tonight, you do have to select the number one only if you have a question or a comment. Uh, for tonight's show, I will pull you in or identify the call by providing the area code that you're calling from and the last four digits, of, again, of the number that you're calling from. So keep that in mind. If you're like me, I have to think, okay, where am I calling from, which number? So keep that in mind. And please be ready to uh, express or voice your question, comments, and all of that pretty quickly just so that we can get everybody in that has any comments or questions. And, and again, as always, I hope you all will We'll add to this. We're in the month of of black history, um, lots of things going on. Um, so we're just going to have a good night tonight and, and hopefully, you know, touch some, some areas in your life where you can do better with your day-to-day living and celebrating our culture, who we are, where we come from, and so much more. So let's get started um, with our housekeeping things. Trash can concept. Got to quickly, quickly, and I'm going to do that quickly for the sake of time, if you, have, if you have not, please move your trash cans. And we do this in order to promote change, transformation, to make you think about how your mind keeps up with the, small, the most smallest insignificant things. So we ask that you move your trash can from one location to another. And what you will do, for the most part, most people will find themselves going back to its old location all the time knowing that, 
hey, I've moved it to a different location. So when you go back, when you return to its old location, think about what else or where else am I allowing my mind to take me without much thought process? What has become habits in my life? And monitor those. Uh, determine if those are good habits. Are they adding value to your life or bringing value to your life? Um, even in the people that we continue to return to, so many of us return or remain in situations that just kill us internally. We just are dead internally. I know I've had those people in my life where, where people, friends will say, you know, when this person comes around, it's like you totally shut down spiritually. And, and I had to... I had to notice that. I knew that, but, you know, we get so caught up in doing and being. So just um, move your trash cans and keep us informed as to how that works out for you and make it a family thing and so forth. So remember, we sow a thought. We reap an action. You sow an action. You reap habit. Habit becomes your character, and your character will lead you to your destiny. So all of that comes from your thoughts. It comes from your mind, your mindset. So keep that in mind. <clears throat> okay, I want to introduce you to Rodney Jordan, and what I'm going to do is just tell you a little bit about him. Let me go ahead, and I'm going to bring Rodney on in with us. He is out waiting. Rodney, how are you? Hey, how are you doing? I'm great, great. Glad to have you on again. I know we, we said long ago that we were going to bring you back so that we can get dig a little bit deeper into this topic um, I know when I I heard Rodney, I heard about Rodney's book. I don't know, I can't remember if he was speaking that day. And Rodney, you might can help me with this, but I was driving and I heard about the book on the radio. Some somebody was talking about it on the radio, and I remember thinking, I have got to write that down. I have got to get in contact with this person because the title, of course, caught my attention. And some way, I, I don't even remember. I'm sorry, I should have thought about this, but. I don't really remember how I found him, but I was able to find him. And from there we got into a conversation and, and he came on the show. So the book is, I know some people will hear or see the title and hear it and think, here we go, someone else downing um, our culture, our, all of that. It is not that. And that's why I say do not judge a book by its cover, just as we shouldn't judge people by their outer surface. So. Let me tell you a little bit about Rodney. He is a fourth-grade teacher with the Menanzas City School System. Tired of Being Black offers more than just a glimpse at the culture roadblocks facing African Americans today. It unfolds a roadmap to success for all who have lost their way. Tired of Being Black sounds like a complaint, but it isn't. It's actually a cry for change. As African Americans, we must take action to reject the things that continually hold us back. Growing up in Norfolk, Virginia, Jordan set out on a course of rebellion from an early age. He was raised by a single mother with two brothers and one sister and lived in a two-bedroom, one-bathroom duplex that housed anywhere from 12 to 16 people at a time. Against the backdrop of a city racked with poverty, crime, and despair, Jordan was forced out of his mother's house at the age of 12. He failed 7th, 8th, and ninth grades, served numerous suspensions, and had a 1.9 grade point average. 
his freshman year of high school. Motivated by a high school history teacher who refused to ease his path or give up on him, Jordan rose to the challenge and began changing his ways academically. As a result, Jordan became the only one of ten children in his household to earn a college degree from a traditional four-year institution. He now holds a bachelor's degree in interdisciplinary studies from Norfolk State University and a master's degree in new professional studies from George Mason University. He says, I decided to write this book because I wanted to, uh, to raise awareness of the negative behaviors and struggles of black people that I feel keep us back as a whole. The lesson I hope readers take is to look at themselves and their own practices before blaming others for their lack of success. I hope it at least causes them to think about their own lives and realize that they can be successful despite hardship. I love this. This is Butterfly Evolution, Transformation. It talks about being being at a point where you're forced. Your mother says, hey, at, at such a young age, it takes strength. That's tough love. So let's start there. Um, tell us about that time. Uh, well, just say hello and tell, them, tell us everything about you first, and then I would want you to start with that time. Go back to that time where your mother said, you got to go. <laughs> uh, I, I will definitely do that. Uh, first of all, I would like to, to give honor to God, and I would like to thank him for allowing me um, to be here, and I thank him uh, for giving me the opportunity to to meet you and to be on your show. Um, I do appreciate you giving me this opportunity um, to speak with you and to also talk to um, your listeners. I would like to thank all of my family uh, my friends, my colleagues who are tuned in right now, who are uh, showing me their support, and those who wanted to, but uh, for whatever reason they couldn't. Um, so to everyone in Norfolk, um, Hampton Roads, Northern Virginia, um, New York, New Jersey, um, everywhere people are listening from, thank you, thank you, thank you so much uh, for your support. Um, I really do appreciate it. Um, <laughs> that that time in my life uh, where my mom told me I had to go, uh, from time to time we, we will um, laugh about it now uh, <laughs> because she she seems to like to, to, to tell people that, you know, I was this uh, bad little boy. And, uh, and so it got to a point where um, she no longer – was going to put up with that bad little boy. Um, and so <laughs> um, I always like to say I, I, was, I was never bad. I was just misunderstood. But, but deep down inside, I know I was bad. But I like to tell people that I was misunderstood. That, that's, that's my side of the story. <laughs> my mom will tell you otherwise. Um, but I, I was just very rebellious um, at, a, at a young age, um, getting into trouble, all of the time in school. Um, in fact, a few years ago, my dad ran into my, my seventh grade um, history teacher, and her first question to him was, what penitentiary is that Rodney Jordan in today? So that can kind of uh, tell you 
the person that I was um, growing up. Um, and so eventually my mom got to a point where she told my dad um, that, you know, it was time for him to take me. Um, or if he did not take me, then she would just have me put it in an all-boys home because she was not going to deal with um, my foolishness <laughs> any longer. And so um, it actually turned out to be one of the best things um, for me. Um, there is no doubt in my mind that my mother has always loved me, even at that time. Um, but there comes a time in our lives when um, change is necessary. And I've always believed that God had everything to do with um, that transition in my life. Okay. And and I'll say this because I am a mother. You were more than misunderstood, mister. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> a lot more than misunderstood. There was some other stuff going on because for a mother to do that, there was a lot going on. And, and, and I want to say this because it takes more – I, I see that as, as the best kind of love when you hold people accountable from a very starting at a very young age. I think that's one thing that we're lacking in society and that I learned much later than I wish I had. Um, I think I did okay with, with my with my one, but there's look now I would have been even more stricter. I would have been even more tougher, more harder on some things in, in some areas. So I think that speaks more volume of, of love or more of an expression of love, that tough love, because what that's saying is I do want the best for you. It's not hindering um, you to, to stay where you are. It is promoting change. It's letting you kind of lay in your stuff, if, if, if you know what I mean there. So it takes character, and it takes great, a great deal of love for a mother to do that, or a parent altogether. So, okay, go ahead, Rodney. You had something? No, no, no. Okay, well, I kind of went into a little bit about this in the introduction, but you tell us in your words why was tired of being black written, and and what is it to you? What what why what need was there for a book with such a title? So why was it written? We'll start there. Well, I, I actually wanted to write um, a book along uh, these same lines in my early 20s, and I remember speaking to an older gentleman who um, who said to me, wait until you're close to 30, and then the book would be uh, much more effective. And so I took his advice, and, you know, uh, life happened. Um a lot of experiences between 20 and 30. And so um, a couple of summers ago, I finally sat down and and began uh, to write the book. And as I started writing the book, um, I did not have a title for it at first. And then one day I was sitting on the couch, and the title, um, Tired of Being Black, came to me. And I tend to be a controversial person anyway at times, and so, um, you know, I knew that people would look at the title, that, that there would be people, um, not everyone, but I knew that there would be uh, people who would look at the title and who would be judgmental um, and who would form um, assumptions without even um, opening the book. And I was okay with that. 
because I knew that there would be people who would actually take the time to read the book. And um, we all know that one of the best ways to market is by word of mouth, um, you know, especially with the technology that we have today. Um, if, someone, if someone reads anything, um, you know, we're always quick to give reviews. And so um, I was okay with the title. Um, I, I, I love the title. Um, and I knew that it, it would draw attention um, to my book, whether people opened it up or not. Of course, you know, I want, I, <laughs> I want everyone to read it. And, and the reason why I wrote the book was to kind of put a different spin on things. Um, I wanted to draw attention to the negative stereotypes and struggles of primarily the black race, but nothing in my book is limited to the black race. And, and so I hope that, you know, the people who have not uh, taken the time to read it, that they will set aside 20 to 30 minutes um, to read it because that's about how long it takes to read. Um, it's just a quick glimpse into things that, that I feel uh, continue to plague um, the black um, culture, the black community, uh, and things that I feel like um, are issues in America, period. And so, you know, some of the things that I point out are, you know, the, the, the use of the N-word, um, sagging pants, um, how we have so many athletes who... Um, you know, they, they, can, they can throw a football, they can shoot a jump, a jump shot, and because of that, people excuse them from learning how to read and how to write and be able to do arithmetic. Um, and how we've gotten away from the civil rights movement. Um, and so just different stereotypes and struggles that I wanted to, to point out in this book. And even if people did not see a need for change um, in, in their lives or, uh, or anyone else's, but at least for them to, to have something to think about. Um, and I've had a number of people uh, say to me that they thought that, you know, the book was a very thought-provoking read. They didn't necessarily agree with everything that I, that I said in the book, but they did think that it was thought-provoking. Um, I've had a few people say to me um, that the things that I put in my book are things that people want to say but just are afraid to say because they're afraid of, of, of offending people or, um, in my case, uh, being considered a, a sellout or, you know, carrying myself as if I have an issue with my own race. Um, so um, I think that the book is, uh, is much needed in our society today. I think that especially with our young people, we need to get away from um, making excuses for people. Right. Um, just because someone comes from a single-parent home doesn't mean that they can't succeed. Just because you grow up in the projects doesn't mean that you have to live in the projects the rest of your life. Just because uh, your parents were drug addicts or just because your father wasn't there for you doesn't mean that as a man I should turn around and, and do the same thing uh, for my children. So just trying to get um, people to understand that no excuse is really good enough because people have overcome uh, so many obstacles 
in life and, and me being a person who has overcome a lot, um, I have a low tolerance when, when people start giving excuses because, you know, like, like the famous quote, if you really want to do something, you'll find a way. But if you don't, you'll find an excuse. And so um, I would like to see more people, uh, not just black people, but people of all races, male and female, uh, be the best people that they can be. Right. You know, Rodney, you mentioned about the, the, the basketball players, football players, uh, because they can throw a ball or they're good at what they do. We we excuse some of the things that, that they do or can't do. And I wanted to bring attention to those are also the people that our children idolize because most of society, adults, do the same. So here in, in that, what we're telling them is, uh, which is why a great number of our kids uh, think football or basketball. Uh, I can remember people used to ask me, um, black and white, when they found out, you know, you hear that, you know, your child got a scholarship. Oh, what does he play, basketball or football? Um, no, he was <laughs> academic scholarship. And that's what I hear your book saying when I read it was, when you say tired of being stereotyped, like, okay, because I am black, I, I, football or basketball had to be my, you know, the, the gist of the scholarship. Or if you don't have three baby mamas unmarried, um, then you're not, you're different. That's what it is. You're different. Because, and why mm-hmm. is that? Because there's this stereotype that surrounds the culture, our culture, and that's what your book, to me, addresses when you said, I'm, I'm, I'm really tired of people thinking that these things are associated with all black males or, or, or however you want to get, how further you want to get into that. But that's what I received from it. And, again, I agree. It is, it is, it is things that people want to say or they say amongst their buddies, their homies, but these are things that we need to start saying out loud, number one, so that our kids are not distracted by those idols that we allow to be put in front of them so they don't think, well, I can't play basketball. I'm not good at football. So, And I live in the project. So what hope do I have? Where am I going to go from here? Because no one else has gone anywhere from here because we're not showing them people who have come from almost nothing but decided mm-hmm. that I am still valuable. The world can be mine. So that's what this book did for me. It allowed me to step outside. Uh, I, I agree that the title did catch me, and I wanted to know more. I wanted to figure out what is this about. I, I didn't think that you were saying you were tired of being black, and that's why I wanted to understand it more. And as far as your the title, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter what, what you can name a book apples and oranges, and they, I'm really serious. They, somebody else would say, why did he title that? And most times they've not written a book or even a, a, a homework, you know, a paragraph. <laughs> so people will do that. That being said, we just have to do what we do and do, do what's best for us and stand behind what we do and what we say. More, uh, even more. I agree. So you mentioned in the book also that it the contents of the book applies to other races as well. What do you feel that other races can gain from reading your book? Um, if someone, you know, of a different race asks you, you know, what 
what, what, why should I read it? I'm, I'm not black. I don't have these stereotypes. Or if they don't think they do, what do you think that they would gain in read, or what, what do you hope they would gain through reading your book? Well, one thing that 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 we can all do, um, if we put forth the effort, is is learn from from each other. Um, I don't know what it's like to be another race, as well as um, my friends who are um, other races, and you know, I I know that. There are differences when it comes to blacks, whites, Hispanics, Asians. There are differences. And so the greatest tool that you can have, one of the greatest tools that you can have in, in life is education. And there, there, is, there should be no pride in being ignorant. And so because, you know, I wrote this book, um, I am only one person. And I only have my experiences. I can't speak for any other black people. I only know the things that I've seen, the things that I've heard, um, and the things that the things that I've lived through, the things that I've done. So I can only speak for me. But if I am someone of another race and I truly want to be culturally aware and I truly want to understand um, people from other races, then if someone has taking the time um, to put it in writing or to speak it on the radio or if on TV, if it's in a magazine, if someone has taken the time to, to try to at least give me some understanding, then if I am um, of a different race, then I go after that. I go after that knowledge. I go after that understanding because maybe the stereotypes don't fit me. Um, you know, maybe they don't fit my family, but we live in a world where everyone is different. And so if you want to understand um, how to deal with people better, then you do all that you can to gain an understanding um, as to why things are the way that they are. Um, same thing when it comes to men and women. Um, you know, as a man, I don't know what it's like to be in the body of a woman. So for me to understand a woman, I need to talk to women. Um, if there is, if someone, if a woman has taken the time to to um, to try to share, you know, her her experiences as a woman, um, if I want to, to to understand what goes on sometimes. Because as a, as a man, not all the time we, 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 we understand, you know, uh, women and as women, you know, and, and, and women don't always understand, you know, the thoughts of a man. And so education is always, always key. Um, you know, I'm a school teacher, but even being a school teacher, I get sick. And not everything I need to go to the doctor for. So what do I do? I have to read something um, to give me knowledge of how to take care of myself when I get sick. And so um, that would be the, the, my advice to, to anyone um, of, of the black race or any other race is that, um, you know, 
that would afraid to open my book just because it says tired of being black or just because you think that you've already figured it out or just because, um, you know, you don't feel like it applies to you because you never know what impact someone or something will have on you unless you give it a chance. Right. You know, as you talked about the differences, and I thought about this and laughing while I thought about it, uh, thank God, because the first thing I thought about was what if, and I'm just going to use the white race, there's, there's this stereotype of white people cannot dance. Like, like what right. what song are you listening to as we sit and watch? Like, what are they listening to? Because that's not what we're hearing. <laughs> and, and so much so until when you come across someone, a white person that can dance, you're like in awe. Everybody is, is giving high five because the stereotype is you guys yep. cannot dance. That is a different. I mean, there's just there are things that we are we we seem to have. We're some of, we're better at this, and maybe you're better at that. But that's just an example of how we just assume because we've we've been around more more white people who maybe cannot. But there's a whole lot of people who are of a different race who can. But but again, because our mind is locked on that when we see one that's just kind of you know grooving and right right there with us, we're like high-fiving the person and just in awe about it. So that's just that that's something to think about. And as we go deeper into that, with all this religion and Christianity going around, how people don't embrace differences. Because to deny that, to deny that we've all been made by the Creator, and then to, den- to deny who we are, what comes with us, those things that, again, some things we're just, we're just different, like you said, to deny those differences to me is to deny the creator. Point blank, I, I, and I, I, I sugarcoat <laughs> it. Go, I'm sorry, go I ahead, Rodney. I completely agree, and, and, and um, I've heard teachers say um, that when their children walk into the classroom, they do not see color. And I know that they mean well when they say that, um, and I know that it is probably the politically correct thing to say, but I find, uh, I find that hard to believe, one, and then, two, I have a problem with that because when children walk in my classroom, it is obvious to me what color they are. Um, but it is not a bad thing if you do see color because seeing race or seeing gender or, or anything, um, you know, it's, it's not an issue. When we start to judge people based on their color or judge people based on their gender, that's when the problem sets in. There is, there is nothing wrong with, with seeing color, with seeing color, is it safe to is it safe to say that yeah, as as a black person, um, my life may not be exactly like my white friends. I think so, um, but there's nothing wrong with that. And I have friends of, of many different races that don't have a problem with me because I'm black. I don't have a problem with them because they're not black, and and. And so when people say I don't see color, I think they mean well, but there's nothing wrong with seeing color. It's when we act on it in a negative way that 
creates an issue. Right, right. Um, let's let's. I want to get some things out of the chat line um, that's going on. It's from Vibration Station. Uh, we never stopped the civil rights movement. The system made sure it would never happen again. There were three very powerful organizations, Martin Luther King, No Violence, Malcolm X, Internal Cleansing, Black Panther Party. And, and, and that's a great point because that's on our list to talk about the civil rights movement, um, where are we now. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, hopefully I can pull you in. Um, I see you out there. So another comment, our government... Uh, made sure this all stopped via assassinations or prison. Same from Vibration Station as well. What shows our new? What shows our new civil leaders to stay in their lane? Um, very true statement, Tammy. I think he was talking about the um, the um, our stars, our football players, and all of these things that become our idols for our children. So that's coming out of the chat room. Now, the, the lines are open, you all. If you do want to chime in, you have a question or a comment, you select the number one if you're listening uh, by phone with us. So let's, let's do this. Let's just go. I'm trying something new for my, my listeners. I'm, I'm doing a little bit of commercials here. So let me do this and just take a deep breath, listen. It won't take long at all. So what we'll do and while we're going there, you'll get your questions, get your comments together, and, and share them tonight because this is something that we need to be open about, we need to be honest about, and, and realize that there are differences among us, so we don't have to feel like we cannot talk about these things. We should not feel like we cannot talk about these things and still love on each other because of those differences and because of how comfortable we are with ourselves. So that being said, hold on, we'll be right back. Butterfly Evolution puts the spotlight on Inner City South Productions. Guilt, Lies, and Lust returns to Memphis. Revenge is the name of the game. This sexy ensemble of characters caught in a world of forbidden love, power, and prestige. Everyone has something to hide, but you'd be surprised how far some will go to protect their secrets. For more information, please visit www.innercitysouth.com. Again, www.innercitysouth.com. This play, Guilt, Lies, and Lust, is scheduled to take place at Evergreen Theater on Friday, February 28th, Saturday, March 1st, Friday, March 7th, and lastly, Saturday, March 8th. Again, innercitysouth.com. For more information, back to the Butterfly Evolution Show. Okay, thank you all. That went smoothly. I'm still getting, I'm new to this. I, I just started this last week, so I'm new to this commercial thing, but it's working thus far. So, Rodney, if you don't mind, let's talk about, um, let me check the line here. Okay, we're good. Let's talk about some of the stereotypes that, you, um, that you've experienced or just kind of come across in your lifetime, what are some of the, the typical stereotypes that you've had to deal with or feel that society deals with as a whole? Um, I think um, uh, just some of the uh, some of the stereotypes that that I think that we we deal with um, as a whole. I think a few of them uh, we've already um, touched on uh, when we talk about um, you know athletes. Um, you know, I think 
I think a lot of times we 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 automatically assume, and, and I don't think it's limited to um, other races. I think I think even as black people, I think we assume that um, that other blacks are um, good in uh, good at football or or good at basketball. I think that I think that as a society, I think we form those. Um, I think we form those assumptions. I think a lot of times we tend to, as a society, associate wealth and privilege uh, with whites. Um, I think that uh, we we automatically assume um, that when we when we look at um, certain people. Um, it can be anything. I think that, you know, if we see people dressed a certain way, um, I think we start to form assumptions um, or, or start to associate people with stereotypes, um, you know, but not not everyone in a group fits a specific stereotype. Um, you know, but I, but I do think a lot of times, you know, that, that does tend to happen. Yeah, you know, I was in a conversation today, and, and uh, the gentleman was explaining to me, you made me just think about it, he was actually getting his, getting his hair cut, and two young guys came in separately, of course, and one of them, pants were sagging, um, tattoos and that kind of thing, and he just automatically assumed, and, and this, all of these were black people, you know, no, no, none different race, uh, he just automatically assumed, you know, raised by a single mom, you know, dad's not in the home. He said, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, watching how they carry themselves and so forth. And then he says, uh, then this nice, clean-cut young man that just got a regular haircut, uh, pants pulled up, he says, you know, now my thought is, okay, comes from a single, I mean, come from a, a two-parent home and so forth. So he said, you know, these, these guys um, got their hair cut and, eventually, you know, went on their way, but when he, it came time for him to get his hair cut, you know, how they do in the barber shop, you talk, and he said he just casually asked, you know, do you know those young men and asked about them. Well, it turned out, he said, that the, the young man who was sagging, you know, the tattoos and the the hair, you know, just doing his thing, I guess, he's actually uh, from a two-parent home, and his father is a is a pastor. And he, and, and the... <laughs> The, the guy who came in with his pants up uh, actually was being raised by his mom uh, and, and, and not a father in the home. So there, again, he made an assumption based on the way that they were dressed, the way that um, they carried themselves, and so forth. So that we do it amongst ourselves as well, and, again, that's why it's so important. I think you mentioned that in the book, how we do it. Uh, it's just that race seems to be the top of the line because that seems to be that, – that's the medium, I guess. That's kind of where everybody we, – we see each other as colors. Like you were saying, the teacher says, I don't see color. That's almost there, – there's no, no way you can't because it's right there in front of your face. Now, how you respond to it is differently. I'll give you another example. Um, I have a young – well, he's, he's my cousin, and I remember going home um, one year, and and he had – he had grown, let his hair grown out. And I was so not used to seeing him 
look like that. And I instantly thought, we are we are losing him. I, and, I mean, I instantly just thought by the transition from him going to the clean-cut guy to this, all this hair, this big afro. I mean, I really thought, okay, here we go. We're going to lose another one. Because he was one of the <laughs> ones that seemed to be very structured. He kept his grades up. And what he told me was, he said, he calls me auntie. He's really my cousin. He said, auntie, I had to find a way to fit in. Because... Prime example, here he is, he, he's studying. He's at, in high school working for a dentist that took him in under, under, you know, his organization, let him come in and work. And so if you go to school and you're, you're a black young male and, and even your peers that look like you, when they see you not uh, making Fs, not trying to be, I guess, the thug for the day in that sense, they ridicule you. <laughs> So you get it from mm-hmm. both ways, and that's what I think, again, you mean by tired of being black. Like, I don't, I can't win for losing because if I'm this way, then the white person may see me as, oh, well, you are different. Well, if I'm this way, my black brother or sister may think, well, you're a sellout. So what do you do? And that's what, that's what I got from the book. It just brings all those things and thoughts, again, that we hear or that you look at people and they may not say but you know or you feel like they're saying it in their minds. So, again, that's what I got from it. Well, and I, and, and I think, too, that um, one thing that I try to promote is getting to know people. Um, you know, instead of, instead of going off of, um, you know, just looking at somebody, we should always take the time to get to, to, get to know people. Um, regardless of anything that we see on the outside, regardless of anything we've heard, because a lot of times we form opinions about other people um, by way of gossip, um, you know. And, and being a being a school teacher, um, you know, kids go from grade to grade, and so teachers have an opportunity to share their experiences. About um, about students that they've had in the past with you know um, the teacher that the, the, that that the child is going to, and that is that is a, 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 um, an opportunity for teachers to either build up that child or to bring down that child, and so teachers will share whatever information they have. And so I, 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 I've noticed that, you know, that even in that aspect, people tend to form opinions just based on what they've heard. And so, you know, I've seen students walk in classrooms and, and had no chance. Uh, my dad told me about how you know, he walked into a teacher's classroom uh, when he was in middle school, and the teacher told him to get out. And this is the first day of school. And Later, the teacher talked to him and brought up everything that, that his brothers did, you know, because my dad is the youngest brother. And so, you know, these teachers that already formed these, you know, this teacher that already formed this opinion about him, and they had not even met him, but just because of the things that his brothers had put this same teacher through, um, the teacher automatically assumed that my dad was going to do the same thing. That is why it it is very important that we are not judgmental people. Um, you know, it's best to just get to know people for who they are um, because you never know. You never know 
what inspiration someone can provide for you. You never know when you're going to need a certain individual. That that's why it is always important to just get to know people, give people a chance. No matter no matter what you can see on the outside, no matter what you may have heard, it is always a good practice just to give people a chance. Um, I agree. When you talk about the school system, it's always while we're there. This is why we need more people in the school system, a a diverse um, system, I would say, because it's like there are differences. It's it's difficult to relate to something that you have no knowledge or understanding or experience of. It is difficult unless you really have a passion and a purpose for that understanding so much so to you almost step into that world because you want to. There's a true desire to. It is difficult for our children to go and feel comfortable enough because of the stereotype, because of where we come from. Now, again, that that deserves, you get no excuse for not doing, but this is where we as parents come in at because had there been my son that walked into that class and she, she or he said, get out, I just can't even tell you how it would have been. <laughs> so I'm like, that's why we, as, as, as parents need to go. I didn't wait for the teacher to call me. I, and I, I remember the response as well. What do you, what, you know, I want to I meet with you. I want to sit down and talk with you every year. I didn't, and it didn't stop because he got older. You could just be embarrassed. I don't care. I'm coming because I need them to know what you have at home and that I have expectations of you, but I also have expectations of them. So now we all have an understanding. If he doesn't do what he needs to do for you, you call me. But if you don't do what I need you to do for him, then guess what? I'm coming to you. And not only that, <laughs> people have children for eight hours a day, how do you not sit down and connect with them and know, get your own feeling and understanding? Now, we've, we've ran into some that he clashed with. And, and I tell him, okay, you just have to learn to deal with this because she is teaching you. Personality, we can deal with that because you're going to run into some people that you don't like, but what you do is you do what she expects or he expects you to do, and we'll be okay. Because if I have to go to battle for you, she doesn't need to tell me anything that you did wrong. You need to have a clean scale with her in order for me to battle for you. So you get that understanding. But we have parents that won't show up the entire year unless something is It is just like leaving your child with a stranger all day long. Exactly. Because they're good teachers and they're bad teachers. Never meeting your child's teacher. Um, throughout the school year, um, even if it's only one time, but never meeting your your child's teacher, not getting to know who's spending um, these eight hours every day with your child is as bad as dropping your child off at a convenience store because you see someone standing in front of it, you drop your child off there and say, hey, I'll be back at 3 o'clock. You don't know who that person is. You don't know what they're going to tell your child. You don't know what they're going to do with your child. And we can't be naive um, to the fact that we see in the news all the time about these negative things that go on in schools. Um, And so you have no idea 
who's with your child for eight hours a day, five days a week, um, unless you go and, and, and get a chance to talk to them. And so, you know, it, it is very important that that parents do that. Um, but, but while we're on this topic, I would like to point out something else, too. And that is, um, and, and, and again, I can only speak from, from, from my own education and, and my own experiences, but uh, at, my, at, my, um, at the school that I was at uh, for the last three years, um, we were divided into um, two, persons, two person teams. And so on my team, um, I taught um, reading and I taught um, U.S. history. And my partner taught math and science. Now, here's um, another example of, of why I say that there are no excuses. Um, me being a, and all my people need to be educated and be able to relate. I'm a young black male. My partner, uh, she, she's going to kill me if she's listening, because <laughs> she hates when I use this word. But my partner um, was, was older than me. <laughs> my partner was older than me, and she was, and she was a white female. And, and so you have two people um, who, you know, were, were, were opposite. I'm male, she's female. I'm black, she's white. But I always joke and say that we were Jordan and Pippen. That was that was us, you know, as a duo. And we had we had two other teachers on our staff, um, on our team. Um, we had a we had a great ESL teacher, um, and we also had another teacher who who was on our team and who worked with our kids. I mean, and together we were just. Uh, we, we we did a lot of uh, a lot of positive things for kids. So if people think that it cannot work, it can. You just have to be willing to make it work. Um, you know, we would we would get students who had countless disciplinary referrals in fifth grade, but did not get in trouble one time in sixth grade with us. We had students who failed their uh, SOLs. I don't, you know, standardized tests carry different names in different states. In Virginia, um, it's called SOL, Standards of Learning. We would, you know, get kids who failed these standardized tests as fifth graders, but then would come in and, and pass them with us. And so you can't say, well, that's because you're black, and so you're able to reach them. No. So they say, oh, she was white, and so she was able to reach them, because that was not the case, because most of our, of our students on our team were Hispanic. And this white woman not only reached the white students, but she reached the Hispanic students. She was able to reach the, the black students, the Asian students, any students that we had, she was able to reach them. In fact, every year, um, out of 50 plus kids, maybe one didn't pass the test with her. Whereas when they came in, 25 or 30 didn't pass it the year before. 
And the things that we stuck by were we realized that we were different and we were going to win our classrooms kind of different, but we stuck by the same principles, and that was there is no such thing as no excuse. You will not be allowed to use profanity, any vulgar terms while you are with us. You will not use any racial slurs. You will not walk through our doors sagging your pants. You are required to at least try. And as long as you, and as, and as, long as you are trying, we will help you. We will um, encourage the rest of the class to help you. There is no such thing as, well, this is going on at home, and so I can't get my work done. Because whatever we needed to, to, make, ha- to, to make it happen, whatever we needed to do to make sure that those kids were successful, they did it. And because we were hard on them, because we were tough on, on them, because there was no such thing as an excuse, um, if you did not know, then it was not okay to say, I don't know, and just leave it at, at that. It was, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And, and we did that. And, and we had a great three years <laughs> together. Um, and so, you know, to, to, to say that, you know, it cannot be done, that experience alone um, makes me believe that makes makes me believe otherwise. See, Rodney, that br- that that brings us back to how we started talking about accountability and and holding these kids responsible. In addition to what you said, children know who who who's sincere. Children know who really really want want them to succeed. They feel it. And it, it, I'm not saying bad about the teachers. Some, 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 some people just don't, they're in the wrong profession. Because, again, these kids are able to pick up, for the most part, once they pick up that you really, number one, I care about you, and because of that, you have no excuses in here. I don't care what your mom did, what your daddy did, what they didn't do. When you walk in here, you are John Doe. You are who you are. You are not your mom. You're not your dad. And I expect, I expect you let them know. And then what you all did, if I heard you correctly, not only did you express the, your expectations, you said, I am here to help you. You didn't do what mm-hmm. the teacher did, get out of my class. Because right there, that shut that child. If that child had any intentions of doing anything, he was he or she was shut down right there. So give you give yourself some credit as well because again, kids I've seen it. They know, and if if they know that you expect greatness, they will at least try. They will do. They will at least respect you most of the time. They're going to be kids, but they will treat you differently. They will be that child that comes around you. Or, or happen to walk up on you and they pants, they say, oh, I didn't know that it came down or I forgot my belt, they'll pull them up just because they see you. Can That's you, saying, I may know. not be 100%, but I respect you, Mr. Jordan. I may not be where you want me to be, but I have a level of respect for you. And if they respect you, they're going to try to meet your expectations of them. They're going to try. Kids know when you are fake. And kids know when you are afraid of them, and they have no respect for either person. And if you go, if, and not just even in a classroom, 
um, not just even in the school, but anywhere, anywhere you go in society. When, and we even do this as adults. But kids are very good um, judges of character. And they know when people are, they know when people are fake. And they, and, and they no longer want anything to do with that person. And they, they know, they know when someone truly loves them. Because if you love me, then you'll have high expectations for me. If you love me, you'll have high standards for me. If you love me, you will not allow me to do things that you know are going to harm me. You you know I'm going to get upset because as a child, you're going to always think like a child. You're going to reason as a child. I mean, it, it is going to happen. You know, it says it in the Bible, and I, and I truly believe it. You know, so as an adult, you should not expect a child to understand where you're coming from because they've never been where you are. So you should never expect that. You know, you shouldn't be so quick to, 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 to fly off the handle every single time that they do something because when you're a child, you're going to do childish things. That's right. However, with patience and with love, you can bring a child up the right way. And um, this whole, you know, well, it's not my job or the parents need to start doing X, Y, Z at home, Forget all of that. We we know that we understand that. Yes, the parent should. Yes, every parent should be um, doing you know doing certain things at home. But if they are not, that's when the rest of the village steps in and raises that child. Because you cannot make anyone, especially a grown person, do anything. So guess what? As a principal, when you walk in my school. Who have the expectations? I can't control what you do when you get home. I can't control what you do when you leave here. But as long as you are in my school, here are the expectations. As a teacher, when you walk in my classroom, here are the expectations. As a as a store manager, as a business owner, I can't control what you do when you're not on my property. But I tell you what, if you want to be served here, if you want business here, if you want to be able to do things here, here are the expectations. As a society, we can do that. Right. We can right. do that. But we're so afraid of hurting people's feelings, stepping on people's toes, being sued. So we stay away from it. Right. You know, if 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 I'm if, if I'm a parent and my daughter my daughter's living in my house and you know, she's reached the point where her mother and I have decided that we are going to allow her to date, okay. No, we can't control who she dates, you know. But whoever she chooses to date, as long as they are going to um, date our daughter, guess what? There's a certain way that we're going to go about this. You will not, blow, you will not put, uh, put your car in parts and blow the horn, and my daughter walks out. That will not happen because that I can't control because if she's still, if she's still living under my roof, she may be in high school. 
But if she's still living under my roof, that is not going to that is not going to happen because I can prevent her from going out. Now, if she chooses to sneak out, then she'll just have to deal with those consequences. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, I will raise my daughter, you know, better than that, you know, and raise my son better than that. Right. You know, right. we we don't we don't have to accept these things that are not right. We don't have to accept these things that are at the bottom of the ladder. We can set high expectations. In fact, we don't we don't even have to set limits on ourselves. We should we should go as far as we can go. Ambition in all of us should never die. You know, you mentioned and we're gonna give you some comments out of the chat room as well. You mentioned the patient's love and I I write down as you speak, I kinda of write down the things that come to my mind, but when you mentioned the patient's love, I I instantly thought express expectations and that's something that we don't do. We just in, in in many areas of our lives we don't express our expectations of people. No matter how they sound, we just expect people to know or to assume because you walk into a classroom, I'm a teacher, then 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 you know what I need from you and I have an understanding that we have an understanding of each other. We don't do that in regular in our regular everyday life as well. And I believe there is a a chapter in your book called People of the Lie Too, right? Am I or something similar to that, right? Say that one more time. Isn't that in there a chapter? I call those I call it like People of the Lie when we just kind of walk around and not real, not not sure, not real yeah. honest with ourselves or people. And I was living, living the lie. Living the lie, and it was something about the lie. So, but but express expectations came to mind when you talked about the patience and, and love, and and going back a little bit. When you talked about how kids, um, they expect, they they want the discipline. They want to be, um, they want you to check them. They want you to keep them in line because that tells them that you love them and that you care about them. So there are so many stereotypes as to parents, black parents, not being involved in their child's school life as well. That's a stereotype. How do we break that? by more of us getting involved. Because some stereotypes that, that I hear, I, I'm, I'm just going to keep it real with you, I'm, I'm, I'm black, but some stereotypes that I hear and that are put upon, upon us, I see a lot of it. So I can understand how a person of a different race um, may think that the majority is that way. So I want to talk about that a little bit as well, but let's get some let's get some some comments out of the chat. And for those of you who are listening online, I mean on the phone, I see we have a lot of callers. So get in on this. You can oh, you can be open here. If you disagree with something that we've said, or if you agree, let us know. Call in because something you you will say tonight could could send us a, a total different direction. And and Rodney, I already see where this is going because we've not touched. Our five uh, bullets here. <laughs> but this is some of the comments that we uh, have in the chat room. This is from the from the prophetic hour. Human nature never change. Therefore, racism returns again and again. And he gave the scripture Isaiah nineteen and twenty four is the casting out of black people from America. Um, Anara Bellamy says, great show, Tammy. It is very true. Those that are often labeled troublemakers are just seeking attention by any means. 
And that's that's really true. That 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 is. And sometimes they've gone several places without getting it. We have this is a little a little off, but we have an alarming number of young people committing suicide. An alarming number. Don't think because you don't hear you, it's uh, so many right here where I live. I continue to hear, and I'm thinking, why don't we hear about that on the news? They don't want us to. They don't want us to. I mean, when you get to a point where sixth graders are coming home from school, hanging themselves, their parent has to find them in their closet, this happened here. We don't hear about it. Mm-hmm. So we don't understand the stereotypes um, and how how our being quiet and so many things affect our living, our day-to-day lives, and if we think that we don't, we're not accountable because that's not my child, or I did my part. If we think that, then I want to remind you all: if you've not seen this commercial, I remember it so vividly. It's a, it's a it's a commercial where a man is is I believe it was a man is sitting up outside his house getting high, and. It flashes across, but this is not your problem, right? Well, that Mm -hmm. same man, an hour or so later, pulls up to pick your child up on the bus. So the gist of it is he's a bus driver getting high just before picking your child up, but you think it's not your issue. The same, if we keep saying no to these kids who are crying out for attention, if we allow these stereotypes to manifest in their lives, for it to be forefront, for them to think that I cannot be anything other than what I see, I cannot go beyond my circumstances, because society does not show our young people, young black people, any positiveness. Our history, which we had that on the on the list to talk about tonight, we have one month of black history. There are so many inventions and so many people that need to be in front of our young kids' eyes and in their mind to let them know you are capable. These people came from slavery and did things. And we're at a time where we keep that. We allow that to be kept. I just learned where Black History Month came from. Someone corrected me on that this week. And and have your children look Carter G. Uh, Woodson, and you probably know that, Rodney, but I did not. I, I did not know that. I kept thinking, and I've been watching my little self thinking I know it, around saying, you know, they give us 28 days, you know, the shortest day out of the month. He said, no, they didn't give you anything. If, if it was left up to them, you wouldn't have the 28 days. This was put that in effect by Carter G. Woodson. So we we have to change the stereotypes. And for the sake of the show, I do want to get into that part because that was one, the Black History Month pushing towards making it a part of our everyday lives instead of just one month. That's one of the things that we were going to hit on tonight. Um, how do how can we do that? What Just explain what to, to the listeners, because that's something you said, Black History Month, pushing towards making it a part of our everyday lives instead of just once a month. How, how do you feel um, we can better do that in everyday living? Well, it, it, it started off as just one week. Um, it, it was right. just Black History Week, and then um, we went from Black History Week to Black History Month. Um, but just like anything else, and, and I just said that ambition should never die, and it seems that today 
um, um, as a black race, we are satisfied with just having one month. Um, and we should not be. However, it doesn't mean that we need to push the, 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 the government to, to recognize black history 365 days a year. It, it, that's, that, that's not where I was going with that. But it should be um, a part of our everyday lives, meaning that it's just a part of who we are. It's just a part of our being. It's a part of, it's just a part of us. Um, and not just black people. It it it, it should be um, just a part of history. It should right. not be just a zeroing in on on certain things because you know when when, when things stand out like that, um, just like with anything else, it means that there's a reason why it stands out, um, and. And usually it means that it stands out because it's not like everything else around it. And you know, just like if you have a bump on your on your on your on your hand, it's going to stand out because naturally it's not a part of your hand. No one will ever make a comment about about your skin as long as it looks like you know, as long as you know your skin is just as long as your skin is fine. You know. You, no one would make a comment about that. No one would ever make a comment about your fingernails or anything unless there's something different about it. So it should be that natural that it doesn't even stand out. It's just a part of not just the black culture, but it's just a part of the American culture. And, you know, we don't just, oh, well, let, let us restrict ourselves to just February. You know, if, if people want to hold a conversation, I remember my first year teaching, um, which, you know, I'm glad that I matured. <laughs> but um <laughs> but I remember my first year teaching, um, the first the first week of school, um, I had the kids reading about Martin Luther King, Harriet Tubman, um, I had them reading about slavery and this is in September. And I remember the the, the teacher in the classroom across from me, um, or behind me said she came over one day and she was like, dude, like, it's not Black History Month. And I said, well, they taught me to teach the kids how to read. They didn't say what I had to use to teach them how to read. And, and so just things like that, you know, we can do. And it starts, it, 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 I think it starts at home, um, but then it goes beyond there. Because, you know, like we were saying a few minutes ago, um, it may not be a part of someone's household. But it is okay to recognize black history, not just black history. It's okay to recognize women's history or, or any accomplishment of a black person, a white person, um, male or female. It's okay to acknowledge the accomplishments of anyone at any given time. It does not have to be a set day for, um, for history. If we really appreciate I'm sorry, man. You, you bring up a good point that it starts at home. We should we we sh, we can no longer complain about what schools are not doing, what churches are not doing. If you're not doing it in your home, it's it's same with with prayer. We we talk about or we complain about prayer being taken out of schools, but how many kids? If you ask, does your parents or your parent 
pray with you at home? Do you see your parents praying? But we, we are mm-hmm. pushing off the, our very own responsibilities, and it does start at home, period. It starts at home, even with the black history. You Okay, if they're not teaching it, then you put it in your child enough, so much so to when that teacher begins to talk about history, they should say, well, hey, did you know so-and-so? Let them bring it up. Let it, that's what we should be doing because it's clear. It is very clear. It has been so clear and it continues to be that things like this are withheld for a reason. And it I was going to I'm sorry. I was going to say, and it is working because we have our our children who 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 don't see many of them. I won't say all of them because there are a great deal of kids who have ambition. Thank God for teachers like you and, and people who really plant seeds in their lives. However, there, there are a great number of, of, of kids who are, who are doing well, but we have many more because they don't see that. They don't see anything other than what their surroundings. And then they go into places such as, as, as schools and churches who are not telling them of their worth, who are not saying, okay, maybe you don't want to go to school. Maybe you are not school type. That's okay. What is it that you like to do? We're pushing a great number. I was having that conversation today with a guy. We're pushing a great number of kids off the sideline because school is not for them, that, that college is not for them. Well, we need mechanics. Somebody might have a good, mechanic, good mechanical skills. Why are we letting them fall to the wayside? By the, through these stereotypes and so forth, but I think again, it, it it is my responsibility as a parent to make sure that when my child gets to you, that he has been he has been well provided for as far as being fed what he needs to be fed as a young black male or or daughter. Because I already know your system is not set up to teach him. I already know that. So mm-hmm. when he gets by the time he gets to you. He needs to know, she needs to know his value, her value, her worth, to so much so that you cannot, you, can, you can't beat him down. You can only build because I instilled that here at the house. goes back to that stereotype where, they, where society feels that we're not involved in our children's education. How do we change that? Get involved. You should not yep. wait for a teacher to call you second, third day, hey, my name is so-and-so, I need an appointment with you. You are teaching my child. I, on the last show, I mentioned that. Change, change, watch your child change. By You tell them, hey, I called your, your school and scheduled an appointment with your teacher. And watch their expression. Then go. And then maybe one day out of the week ask, how was your day? How was school? Mm-hmm. Just, just, and, and watch how it changes. Because it is, it is hard not, Go ahead, Rodney. I'm it sorry. Is, it is harder to do those things when um, when we are more concerned about what's on our children's backs and on their feet than what's in their brain. Yes. When 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 we when we learn to prioritize things and, and understand that it is more important for our children to go on field trips to museums and places like that, it is more important for our children to have books in the home. When we understand those types of things, that it is, it is more important 
or that it is better for our children to have things that are going to stick with them for years as opposed to a pair of $200 shoes that are only going to be in style for two weeks, then we'll start to see a change. But as long as we're trying to make sure that our children keep up with these stereotypes, as long as we are supporting our our kids' desires to be these images that they see on TV that are not promoting anything positive, as long as we're okay with that, as long as we are okay with making sure that our child has the newest iPhone, we're struggling as parents. We don't have college uh, phones set up. Uh, we don't have accounts set up for our children for college. But yet every name brand shoe that comes out, they have it. Every iPhone that comes out, they get it. But they don't have a single book in the household. Not even just as going out and purchasing books. Taking the time to go to the library and check out the book where it's free. As as long as our priorities are messed up, then our 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 world is going to be messed up. Our society is going to be messed up. And 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 to go back to um to what I was saying about about setting high expectations. Um, here's a model that I have found to be very effective um, as a teacher, and I and I believe that it will work with anything in life. You you, you set the expectations. If you are in any type of leadership role, doesn't matter if you're a parent, doesn't matter if you're a teacher, doesn't matter where, where you fall in, you set the expectations before you share them with whoever, whether it be with your children, your students, uh, kids that you may mentor, kids in the neighborhood, you set the expectations. And then once you set the expectations, you share them with those children. And after you share them with those children, you model them. The way that you want, Anyone who's following you, the way that you want them to be, after you share your expectations with them, you model it for them. Right. I taught right. six graders. I'm sorry? No, just, I'm agreeing with you. I agree. Uh, I, taught, I taught six graders um, for four years. I taught fourth graders, my first year teaching. I even taught eighth graders in Harlem um, the first five months of the school year. I never take anything for granted. And even when I had my sixth graders who were 11, 12 years old when they came into my room, by 11 years old, you should know how to walk in a a straight line throughout the hallway. You should know how to do that. I never took that for granted, though. So what I would have the students do the first couple of days of school, I would line them up. As an 11 and 12-year-old, I would line them up, and we would walk through the hallway until they understood this is how you walk through the hallway. You walk in one line, 
We're not spinning around. We're not jumping up and down. We're not making a bunch of noise. We're not doing those things. We're going to walk through this hallway as if we are civilized human beings. When we go outside for fire drills, here's how we're going to do it. But not only did I express that to them, I, I am totally against people saying, do it because I said so. Should you? Yeah, probably. Yep, you should. But if, if you give them reasons why and, and logical reasons, they, they, they tend to do better with it. But I would explain to them, here's why you walk through the hallway in a straight line. Other people may, may be walking in the opposite direction. It makes a smooth transition for everybody. Here's why you should not play on the stairs. Someone could get hurt. Here's why you shouldn't make a bunch of noise in the hallway because all the classes are going on. Yes, these are simple things, but oftentimes if we don't repeat these behaviors, we tend to lose sight of what we're supposed to be doing. And so when they would hear other students in the hallway and they would get and the other students in the hallway would be really loud while I was trying to teach or they were trying to do their work. They would always raise their hand, can we close the door? And I would say no, because this is a reminder to you how not to behave when you are in the hallway because you right. see the effect that it is having on you. So I'm going to let you suffer through this so that you will never do it to anyone else. You know, is that, is that the, the only way? No. Is that the best way? No. It was just the way that I chose to do it, and it was effective. And, I, and so we, we, we should model. And then we should include the children in it while we are doing it with them. So you show them how you want them to carry themselves. Then you walk through it with them. And then you give them a chance to do it on their own. See, and I've gotten so much, and I, I'm, I'm going to make sure I come back to this. I want to get a few things out, but... Hold on to what you said there because I've written down a few things from that. I want to make um, a quick note or, or give out some information of an event that's coming here. And since we're on the topic of, of black history and, well, we just left that topic. And then after that, Anthony, I'm calling you Anthony Rodney, I want you to um, tell the audience how to get in contact with you, how to order the book and so forth so that we don't lose that. And we'll give it out again at the end of the show. And then we have a couple of callers. If you'll hang on, I'm going to pull you in. I do want to get this information out. So just hang with me for those of you. 704, I see you there, and 901. Just hold tight for me. But I want to, because we're talking about the black history, there is an event that's coming up. Um, I recently learned about Mound Bayou, Mississippi. And for those of you who are not familiar with Mound Bayou, Mississippi, or just everything that took place, it's right up the street from us, from Memphis. Um, I, w I was awakened one night and, and watched a documentary about it and was floored. I was taken because at my age, I did, I did not know. I had no idea that I was so close to such history. That being said, there is an event this weekend that we are trying to get enough people to go to I'm thankful to be one of the guest speakers along with um, the mayor of Mount Bayou, Mississippi, who is going to be the, 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 the main speaker, but I will, I will be on, on, on as a guest speaker as well. But it is called A Day of Storytelling. Um, Lawrence Haley of Henning, Tennessee, is actually putting this event on, 
and it's a it's it's about it's going back in time to and have people that went through some things or have have relatives who've gone through some things that they've grew up in that story and in that time. So it's again Saturday this Saturday, ten o'clock it begins and it's in, in Henning, Tennessee, Grace Greater Grace uh, Church there in Henning and it's put on by to those of you you know uh, Alex Haley is from there, but this is Lawrence Haley that is putting this event on. So we're trying to again I've been putting it out there as best I can, but of course things like this does not get the response that a club outing or a barbecue or something like that, the, things like this does not get the response. Um, we're working to get at least 25 people to go, and right now have about 15. Or we'd need 47 people to go up to the next level as far as the bus is concerned. That being said, now we still will go regardless. I'll still take my few if we have to go in several cars. But if you're listening and you're interested or if you know someone that is, please, please, please have them contact me on Facebook or through the radio show or call me at 901-830-6088, again, 901-830-6088, or you can email me at info at butterflyevolution.org. Again, info at butterflyevolution.org. But it's, again, this Saturday, a day of storytelling uh, put on by Lawrence Haley in Henning, Tennessee, 10 o'clock. Let me know, particularly if you want to go and can bring some numbers, some people with you to add to um, the bus. Now, it's going to be on a first-come, first-serve, so if we get 25, we'll go with the 25, uh, the bus, and then if we get 47 more, I mean, enough to add up to the 47, then we'll go to the higher one. But we have to know right away. So I wanted to get that out. And let's take our callers. Um, I'm going to pull in, and I hope I'm doing this in the right order, but 704, I'm pulling you in first. The last four digits of 3199. Thank you for calling in, and you're on the air with us. Hi, Tammy. It's Anary. Hi. Hi, Anary. How are Hi. you? I'm sorry I didn't Hi, recognize you. I'm well, no, thank you. Um, good show, you guys. I'm really, um, I'm really enjoying it, and there's a lot of truth um, being said. And for uh, Mr. Rodney, you are saying. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? You, uh, you are saying good. they just don't want to, don't want to hear. Um, because I work with children, so I could relate to a lot of what you were saying. I also work with community children. And that's a, a beast of a whole nother color because you have all kinds of things that you're pulling in. Um, but I think as adults, a lot of times, some adults focus on the small things so much they miss the bigger picture, like the why, telling children why. I have three girls, so anytime I tell them what to do, I always tell them why. And I've been criticized by um um, family members, you know, you just they just need to do it because you told them to. You know, why are you taking time to explain yourself? But at the end of the day, they turn 18 at some point. So if their only reason for listening is because they have to or a fear factor or the threat factor, then what happens when they turn 18 and they still need to listen to your advice? You know, what happens then when they say, well, hey, I'm 18, so I don't have to listen to you anymore? So at some point, they have to learn to to trust your word and trust that the, the information that you're giving them 
has value. And I think a lot of times adults overlook that. A prime example in my household was my four, she was four at the time, three or four, and my little girl wanted to let this balloon go outside. And I told her, hey, if you, if you let it go, it's gone. I can't get it back. <laughs> you know, you can't fish it back out of the sky. It, it's gone. And she was really insistent on letting this balloon go. Now, could I have protected her from that decision? Sure, I could have. But at some point, I needed her to learn to trust my word and that, you know, I was trying to do what was in her best interest. So I let her let the balloon go. And well, we, we all know how that went. She was devastated. She cried and cried and cried. She asked me to get in the airplane and go get it, you know, <laughs> all kinds of stuff to get that balloon back. But at the end of the day, it was worth it in the long run because it was teaching her to trust my word and to trust that I had her best interest at heart. And I think sometimes as adults when dealing with children, we forget that factor that they need to actually trust that we have their best interest at heart and we're not just throwing weight around, you know, that they, right. you have to listen to me because I'm your teacher or I'm your leader or I'm your parent, and that's just the bottom line. Because when it comes time for them to make their own decision, how are they going to know what decision to make if they don't know why you were telling them to make those decisions? So I, I totally agree with that. I might be a small percentage that does, but I totally agree with taking the time to explain the why so that later on down the line they can make sound decisions and know why they're making those type of decisions. Anari, this is Tammy, and I, I totally agree with, with what you're saying, and, and I'll make a few exceptions and I'll explain why, but I, I, I was one of those parents, too, where I I, I explained some things. There were some, some things I explained. There were some things that there was no explanation for, and, 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 and where I bring it to um, a difference is I had a this was I had a child that uh, grand, was pr- pretty much being raised by the grandparents, and and the grandfather would always pick this young girl up. She's taller, two or three, I think, from school. And had it not been for the simple fact that she was so accustomed to doing exactly what he said, and this is a little different, but I want to get this out just to help people understand the the the, the importance of communication, even with kids. If he had not told her, if she, if she had not known that when I say stop, you stop, period. We can talk about the why, the when, the what later if, if, if we need to. But if, if she had not been a child who, by the, who heard her grandfather's voice and he had not instilled in her that when I say stop, you stop, she would have been probably dead today because she was running towards a car that would not have been able to see her because of her height and she was between the cars that would have ran clear over her. So, and again, we're talking about different things. So it goes both ways is what I want people to understand. Just because we are dealing with little people, and this is, this is I, I like that you bought us here because it reminds, I want you to tell who you are, Anari, and, and what you do as well. But Anari is, is working with me on I've not shared this, but I'm practic- I am done. It's just my myself, my stuff that I have to be so perfect with. I am getting ready to release my first children's series. I've been working on it for a while. I'm finally to the point 
And then there. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> telling me to send it, send it, send it. I was like, okay. Matter of fact, I changed it again last night from a different perspective, some of the pages. But I'm ready for that. And and it, it actually, I won't tell you the name right now and what it's all about, but it's starting out with two of the series. It's two of the series that's coming out dealing with different things. And it's, it's geared towards that. It's going to be, it's an expression basically of how we don't treat little people as if they have feelings and emotions and that they go through things that oftentimes we put upon them and we just expect them to understand without much communication process. And, you guys, that's a stereotype for us, too. We don't talk. We want kids. We say, do as I say, but then they hear us saying one thing, but we live something else. Then they go to school and they got to deal with peer pressure and issue there. Yeah, they can deal with it, of course. But where has that gotten us? Because I say one thing, I live another. Then I don't really sit down and talk to you. So if you sit down and explain some things, not everything you have to, because there needs to be a level there. But when you sit down, you know what happens? It generates communication. And then you're able to understand that child better. Maybe you'll even feel, you'll, you remember how you felt at that age or what you went through at that age and that you didn't always make the best choices. You don't make them now. So it allows them to express themselves, and it allows you to figure out what's going on, so much so that you will know, you should know as a parent, when something's just not right with this child, something is going on. So, Anari, I'm glad you brought that up. Rodney, anything you want to share, and then I'd like for uh, Rodney to give out his information, and then, Anari, if we could have you give out all that you do as well. So uh, anything, any response to her comments? Well, um, I, I think that she made a very um, good point, and, and the other thing I will add is this. I think that going along with what she said, I think that if um, – if you do give children a reason behind the things that you, you ask of them or the things that you expect of them, it will get to a point where they do it just because you said so. I agree with that one. That was actually the point I was going to make. It's, it doesn't have to be black and white. The two mixes together, and it comes out to be a perfect balance in the end. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, Anari, give out, and I guess we'll have, just because we've pulled you in, so we'll have you give give yours out, and then I'll have Rodney give, give his out because we don't want to lose. It. Some people might have to go, um, so we want to get his out as well. But give out your, your information. Um, you She already has a children's series, and that's why she's able to, to help or is going to help and guide me through this process of, of uh I guess, uh, releasing and all that. So tell us all about you are, who you are and how they can get in contact with you for the things that you do. Well, I'm Anari Bellamy, and I do PR and social media. Um, you can find out just about everything that I do, actually, from my Facebook page, um, Anari Bellamy. Um, I also have an institute of entrepreneurial success where I help entrepreneurs either launch or manage and, and have a support system for their businesses. And recently with Anthony Collins, I've launched a For Your Success blog talk radio that airs every other Sunday. So March the 2nd would be the next Sunday that would air at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
And I have the Natalie Collection, the children's book series Tammy's referring to. Um, it's thenataliecollection.com. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. And, and you guys, we've been talking a lot on this show about transformation and, and how once you get into your season, how the doors will just open. You know, Anari and I, I, I really don't remember how we ended up connecting. Maybe it was through Anthony, but God sends you exactly what you need when you need it. Because I was I was stressed out about, okay, how am I going to? I didn't want to go through a publishing company, and here she is in my life, uh, getting ready to help me on the PR side as well. Um, but also, she already has a children's series out there, and and has that agreed is, to that look awesome. <laughs> out. Yeah, right. So it's about helping each other, but also getting in your season, being responsible and changing your life, not living up to the stereotypes of I can't. No matter where you are, you can. You just have to believe and start. Because if you start, you will get so farther away from where you are. But if you look at society and let and get caught up in what's going on, Atlanta Housewives and all this other stuff, every, they keep coming, they keep coming. Mary, They just keep coming, and we keep feeding <laughs> into them. You will yeah. not because you don't have time. You work eight hours and you come home and you spend two hours with Mary Jane, one hour with Scandal, and you got dreams still sitting up under the bed. <laughs> They're sitting on them for a lifetime where they're making their stuff happen. Stereotype. So uh, yep. thank you, Anari. I'm going to get let Rodney, if you'll go ahead and start giving your information out, then I'm going to, Anari, thank you. Anything you had to add add to the show before I pull in our next caller? No, I, I just appreciate you bringing me in. And, uh, Mr. Rodney, I, I didn't have you as a friend on Facebook, so I couldn't tag you in the promoting, but I want you guys to know I was really promoting the show during the show, so you'll have all kind of tags on your page. And I, and it, was, it was a pleasure uh, talking to you and getting to hear your views, and 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 hopefully uh, you know we'll be in contact. So that 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 is awesome. I'll suggest Thank you guys as friends, Anari. I'll suggest you guys as friends because maybe maybe Rodney can come on the show uh, because you have a different audience and you're on a different day. So I'll send that that friend request suggestion. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you. Okay. Thank you Thank so you. much. Okay. Bye-bye. Rodney, uh, real quick, if you will, I'm sorry, I muted you out. Rodney, if you'll go ahead and give out your information, and what I'm going to do is pull in our next caller right after that, and that's the caller from 901-8714 is the last four. I'll pull you in just as Rodney finishes. Give out your information. Title Girl Black can be purchased from any book retailer, um, including Barnes and Nobles and Amazon. I know that those are two of the biggest ones. Um, you can download it um, to your Kindles. You can download it to your Nooks. Um, but it is available. Uh, Title Being Black was published by iUniverse um, in Bloomington, Indiana. It can also be purchased on the uh, publisher's website. Um, I do have a Facebook page for uh, my books. I just go, uh, just type in "Tired of Being Black" and the page will come up. Um, I would like to encourage all of the listeners who have not had a chance to go and check out uh, my book page uh, to do so. Um, your comments um, about my book, um, about 
Uh, what you heard uh, tonight on the show would be greatly appreciated. Any reviews that you can submit, um, I would uh, definitely appreciate them. Um, if you'd like to to, uh, to to send me anything, if you'd like to email me, um, my email for my book is jordanliterature at gmail.com. Um, again, anything that um, that you share with me, I would I would love to hear from 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 all of the listeners out there. And also, um, I have uh, done some public speaking. Um, after writing my book, um, there there were uh, some schools who were uh, some some school leaders who were touched by uh, my book and touched by my story who did ask me to come out and speak to the students. Um, I am available uh, for that. Again, just uh, just email me and we can definitely definitely talk about all the all the details. I would love to come out and talk to um, your children. I would love to to talk to your students, uh, mentoring groups. Uh, anyone, if we do it via email, if we do it over the phone, um, I have a great passion when it comes to young people. So anything that I can do to help anyone, just uh, just reach out to me and let me know. Great, great. Okay, and we'll give out that again at the end of the show just to make sure that everybody does receive it. Pulling in, and, and thank you, Carla, for hanging on so long, but we're pulling in 901, four digits of 8714. You're on the air with us. Hey, Miss Tammy and uh, Mr. Rodney. Um, I'm in. Hi. I'm enjoying the show. Hey, yeah. Hi, good evening. <laughs> I'm in, hey, what's One up? One of yeah. our regulars. In, How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I've had a great day today. Um, good. Nothing good. to complain about. Um, and I, the the subject um, for tonight is uh, is is really hitting home for me. And I and I wanted to actually make a a couple of comments. Um, yes, I am one of those uh, black men, used to be black teenager, uh, that was different from the other black boys or the other black males. And I was always the outcast. So, I mean, but I still, um, I was always the outcast and I wasn't the, the cool person to hang around and so forth. Some people call me a geek. Make a long story short, as I've gotten older, I've known and I've and I've done some thinking about this, and I thought about this is how I see like young black boys with their pants sagging and so forth, and I would t- and I and I would automatically tell myself as I would see them, I'd be like, man, I want to say something to them, but but it's like I don't know how I can reach them and so forth because I wasn't one of those cool guys back in school, but. And, and I have and I and I and I have this thinking of well I can't relate to them I can't really speak to them on their so-called level because of how different I am, but and and it's like I'm I'm having and and it's like I'm I'm gradually getting away from that in a in a sense because now I've gotten to the point where even though I didn't have the same lifestyle as they did or and 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 I don't and I didn't act the way that they did when I was a, a teenager, I am starting to, I am, oh, I'm sorry, hello? We're here. Yes, I'm here. Okay. And, um, and, and it's like I'm starting to gradually get out of that mode of thinking and just just go to them and just mack with them or, or school them on some things. 
And 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 one of the things that I do on my on my job is I ask people like a lot of young folks they're like in their early twenties or late teens, and I ask them like, you know, what is it that you want to do? You know, because I know you don't want to stay up in this warehouse. I mean, what do you want to do? And and um, they'll talk to me, you know, and they'll they'll like be honest with well, I guess they're honest with me, but they'll talk to me and so forth. And and what and what I what I decided to do um, four years ago was I wanted to understand people more by t- by talking to them. If there was something that I didn't understand about a person or about a group of people, I would uh, I, I make the decision. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and just simply talk to these people. And like for one example, um, I I was. At the time, a few years ago, I was going to a different Asian Christian church. It's like I'll go to a like Korean churches, Chinese church, and uh, Vietnamese church a few times, and it interested me because I was in, I'm interested in different cultures and so forth. I like the food, you know, that's the main thing: the the food, the music, and I ain't a lot of women. So, um, I w- I used to ride my bike to these churches and. I would have on like my uh, my do rag and have on my uh, my shorts. And it was, this was like spring and summertime, and people would look at me like kind of funny, like you know who's this black dude, you know, you know coming up in our church, you know he's dressed this way and so forth. But once they started to speak, once they started to speak to me, they, their mouths would like drop. Again, it goes back to that stereotype of oh, you know he's this or you know black men are this or that. They were starting to um, um, open up to me, but then I got something back in return. I was starting to understand them more, especially Korean people, and um, and I and I and I was understanding how they were thinking, why they did certain things in a community, why they would act a certain way, and I would tell and I told them, you know, I used to think I, I was I was thinking that y'all were some stuck up people, you know, y'all had something up y'all butt, but. I see now why you all act the way you do, and um, and I mean, and, and and I even went to one of their uh, Bible studies, uh, a series Bible study dealing with their culture, and I'm like, okay, now I really understand why y'all act the way that you all do. And the, the point that I'm making, as I'm saying all of this, is that we as so-called black people and other people that are that are listening. We really have to stop being mentally lazy and trying to understand someone because a lot of what we see is not always what appears to be. And and I know a number of us might have some, like, fear of being around other people that's not like us because of what we already have in our subconscious or our conscience. But believe me, I mean, you go up to people and you have conversations with them and you ask them honest questions, you know, like, why do you all do this? Why do you all do that? You know, with with respect and so forth, you'll be surprised. They will reply back and answer to you. And I even um, I even had, um, I did that with them, and they would sometimes ask me questions, and we just get into an interesting dialogue. Oh, and this was the other thing that I wanted to say just to wrap up. But my for myself is that learning another person's culture or learning how they think, but especially learning their language or some of their language, you'll be surprised how excited they get once you know some of their language. And I'm not saying you know you have to be fluent or anything. I'm not saying it, but I'm saying if you're interested, the replies that I've gotten 
they'll spend more time talking to me than other people, other so-called American people, because they they and I, and I keep hearing that they respect people more who knows more of their language and their culture. So I go up in a gas station and I might speak some Arabic or I'll say an Arabic word. They'll be like, "What? What do you speak our language? You speak my language? Hey, I can I can teach you once a week how to." I mean, I'm serious. They, you know, they're, 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 they're that excited to educate you on their language and their culture, and you begin to have a dialogue with people. And I've done it many times over and over again, and it's just, it's just awesome. And, and, and I'm really saying this to uh, black men and women and really everybody, really everybody, but especially us so-called black folks who have all these stereotypes. I mean, once you go across that boundary, across that border of, um, of understanding, I mean, you'll be amazed at how much you learn, and, and people, they'll start inviting you to their, to their parties, to, to some other stuff that they're into. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I, I, I really encourage people to, um, to just really take the courage and the time to just get to know people who they think they know but they really don't know much about, you know, and you might be the only white person or the only especially black person, but it's worth it, though. Give it a try. Right. Thank you, Cody. Anything, anything, Rodney? Uh, no, I think I think you made some really good I'm points, up, and, yeah. and I would just like to 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 thank you for 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 sharing your, for calling in and sharing your thoughts. Much appreciated. Okay, great. Oh, you thank, thank you so much, Cody. As always, oh, you bring, always bring great points. Okay, we've been asked to. Have to um, give out the information again for the Facebook page, but what I did was I posted it out there on Facebook, um, so I hope that took care of it, but we'll have you give that out again. What I'd like to do since we are coming up on, on so long, and I, I was hoping not to keep it this long, but this, this is one of those topics where we just need to have. So what I'd like to do, because what some of the things, well, we didn't really get to talk about much of what we wanted, what we had on the list, which was, or is the usage of the word, the N-word, and the sagging pants. We wanted to get, we talked a little bit, but we wanted to get a little bit deeper into that. Black History Month, we did talk about that. I did want to point out that this is the first year that that there has been such a disconnect uh, for black history, in my opinion. I remember just seeing so much last year, so many postings. Everybody was bringing something new to the table every day, and there's not been a lot of that this year. And I, I really wish I knew why. Is it just people are more busy or they're more interested in other things or they feel like it does not matter right now? Um, but but we want to talk more about that because you're, we, we were talking about making it a part of your everyday life. The way I feel we can best do that is through through your living, embracing life, understanding that you can do. Black history lives in you. Create you are creating creating history every day that you live. So what are you doing? What is what will your kids and grandkids have to say about the way you lived? What legacy will you carry forward? And then we want to talk about the civil rights movement. Where are we now? I really want to hit that one. And we were going to touch on the Willie Lynch letter, and the direction I wanted to go there was the breakdown of the African American woman. Um, and I know there's been some talk about. <laughs> Yeah, there's been some talk about that, that 
there's no truth to that. Actually, a lady, a young lady was speaking to me about that before the show because I was telling her what we were going to talk about. And she was like, you know, people keep saying there's no truth to that. No truth or not, I see it coming to pass. It's so close uh, to what was written until it's worth talking about. And then uh, we were... Was that all? I think so. I think that was all the things that we had on the list. So that being said, Rodney, I'd like for you to come back soon. I don't want to um, to, to wait on this. I'd, I, I'm booked up Monday and Tuesday next week. We're doing a series similar to this, um, kind of what we talked about, but from a different coming from a different perspective. So if you're available any day next week, uh, I'm not Monday or Tuesday, but if you're available um, or any day this week, if you want to do it again this week, if you want to have part two, I'm open to it because I'd especially like to hit on a good the Civil Rights Movement, the Willie Lynch letter. Um, so you can think about it, and if, and if so, then we'll get the information posted again, and we'll do round two of this and, and kind of go from there. But because I have some things that I want to just put out from your last, the things that you mentioned last, and I've written those down, but but because we're kind of running out of time here and I don't want to keep you long, we're in a different time zone as well. So if you'll come <laughs> back, I will have you back then if you are available, but if not, then we'll have you next week or the week that you are available for part two. I, I, am, I, am, uh, I am always available um Whenever, whenever you, whenever you can have me on, whenever you would like to have me on, I'm always available. Uh, just, just let me know. Okay. Um, okay. Um, I do want to ask: Were there any other uh, callers out there? I, mean, I, I, I would love to, you know, to hear people's thoughts or, or to answer questions. Um, um, we have you know, we, oh, can, we can go, we can go on and on. We can go on and on. I mean, like, yeah, it, it, in the Eastern Time Zone, it is getting late, but. Um, I I don't know. Like I'm okay. I'm 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 enjoying this this conversation with you. I'm I'm enjoying um you know um the calls the two callers that we did get to hear from. Um, so you know yeah, I like to hear people <laughs> Yeah, we still have many callers. It's what we're running into now is the two hour thing because we have just a two hour limit. So what we're running into is we're running down our two hours. Otherwise, okay. we could stay on. Again, we still have people out listening, and I'm thankful for that, very thankful for that, because people just don't hang on for two hours and listen to these type, you know, this type of show. <laughs> so I'm thankful for that alone. And it shows that people are really hungry for this. Now what will we do with it? How will we, make, how, how will we make it part of our everyday life? That's the challenge. Don't, don't sit yes. on the call. It's not part of your life. I will, I will, I will say this, and, and, and uh, I would like to touch on one last thing. Um, and so, for everyone who has hung in with us uh, for the two hours, I, would, uh, I cannot thank you enough. Um, you know, for those of you, whenever you joined in, um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and I will make this this last point um, uh, since you brought up the N word. Um, I will, <laughs> I will say this. Um, that the N-word began as a racial slur. The origin of the word is racial. It's a racial slur. Um, And no matter what people try to do to this word, no matter how we try to use it, 
no matter how we try to make excuses and why it's okay for certain people, why it's not okay, the origin of this word will never change. And it was meant to hurt black people. It was meant to degrade black people. It was it was meant to control black people. And because of that, this word will never carry a positive um it would never carry a, a, a positive meaning. And so saying that it is okay for black people to call each other one, but whites can't use the word, is the same as saying that it is okay for a man to physically abuse his wife because they are partners, but it is wrong for him to, to lay hands on his mother because she gave birth to him. It is never okay to differentiate based on irrelevancy nor should the truth ever be compromised. If it's wrong, it's just wrong. There are no excuses. There are no exceptions. If we are so offended as black people by what happened to our ancestors, why is it okay for us to do to each other what the oppressors did to the generations before us? It is never okay. Never. And so for Anyone who's listening, because a black person says it does not change the meaning of the word. For a long time, I said the library. I didn't stop saying the library until I started teaching. And and the teacher said to me, is, is it a fruit? And I said, well, what do you mean? The knows are a fruit. And she said, well, why do you call it the library? But I had grown up saying the library, but she corrected me. And so although, you know, she said library, and I said library, we were talking about the same thing. So it doesn't change it. It doesn't change what we were talking about. And so I'm personally tired of hearing it's okay if you, if you change, if you drop the ER, and put an A on the end. It's never okay. And I guarantee you that the people who fought, bled, and died so that we would not have to deal with these types of things, I guarantee you they would never approve of us doing it to each other. And one thing I always tell my students, and I had to be careful when I told them this, think of the most important person to you, the most important person in your life. And for the average person, it's going to be, the, they're probably going to say their mother. And if it is your mother or whoever it is, but let's say it is your mother, treat people not just how you want to be treated, but treat people how you would want them to treat your mother. If you don't want anyone calling your mother the B word, don't call other people the B word. If you don't want other people lying to your mother, then don't lie to other people. If you would want someone to help your mother, if they saw her struggling, if they saw her on the side of the road, broke down, then you should be as helpful and as thoughtful to everyone that you see. I know that we have, have come to the end, so I will go ahead and give uh, the information out again.
Um, you can like Tired of Being Black on Facebook. Just type in Tired of Being Black, uh, a picture um, of the front uh, cover of my book uh, should pop up. Um, feel free to like uh, Tired of Being Black. I hope that you will on Facebook. You can also purchase Tired of Being Black um, from any book retailer. I would like to give this testimony before I hang up. Uh, tell me if you don't mind. Okay. And for those of you who are listening on the chat line, if we have about 30 seconds, it will disconnect the chat line, not us. Um, so you can call in and listen to the remaining of the show. Um, before the show started tonight, I was looking at um, the Amazon bestsellers rank um, for my book, and it was number one million something. I don't even think I can count that high, but it was it was one million something. That was the rank. Um, but right now on the bestsellers rank, it is down to one hundred ninety-seven thousand nine hundred twenty-two. So I oh, wow. thank you, thank you, thank you to all of the listeners. Um, Everyone who has purchased the book, everyone who has downloaded the book within the last two hours, thank you, thank you, thank you. Tammy, thank you again for having me on. I, anything that I can ever do for you, please let me know. Uh, You're welcome. And I got a, a message in the chat line that they vote for round two of this, so maybe we can uh, <laughs> maybe we connect. I'll, I'll touch base with you, and if we can get it scheduled for tomorrow night or Wednesday night, we'll be um Let's shoot for that if that works for you. So I, I, for those of you who are still listening, we will just keep call the number and you can see when it's scheduled again, or text me or send me a message and I'll let you know for those who are listening. So works for me. Okay, and do order the book. Do order the book. That's that's I, I, that's a testimony. That's a testimony because I don't. I see you do. I, I mean, I see it. I know it, but I don't see you doing a lot of pushing. And, and when it says God will make room for you, if you be about God's business, he will be about yours. You guys, I feel like I'm walking that. It's like like if I leave the house, it's the very person that I need, like a nary, I, I did not know how. I, I, I was confused about whole, all that process. A nary just walked in my life. Never met her. Talk on the phone. She's become my motivator, you know, has offered, just call me. When you need to be motivated, call me. She's a PR person. I want to get her on board to help me out with that. God will make room for your gifts. You have to make room for God in your life. I'm not perfect. My life is not perfect, but my God is. So that being Amen. said, you order the book. Um, Rodney, if, if you have about five minutes, if you'll call me, we can kind of get that set up, and we'll know if, what date you want to do. So I'm available now. I'm going to turn my phone back on because I'll miss your call if I don't. So um, for all of you who are, who listened in tonight, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you're interested about when we schedule it, just call that number, 818-691-7406. Call it in the morning, and it will tell you when we have the next schedule. Okay? So we ran out of time. Thank you guys so much um, for tonight's show. Look forward to seeing you back on for Part 2. Rodney, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Order the book, people. <laughs> All right. It's like you're looking through a telescope. You see where you're going to be. Growing, getting better. You're not the person they see. Can't be mad at the things you've been through. Because they built your love through. Now you're stronger than you've ever been. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.